Good morning. Glad to have you here. But, um, get a Bible and let's go back to the 45th Psalm. And uh, we'll get right into it. I know you got a lot of things to do because those shopping days are quickly passing by. And so look with me in the book of Psalms. Uh, the 45th Psalm will be picking up uh, in the 6th verse. Again, this psalm is a, uh, a messianic psalm that speaks of the coming king, uh, Jesus Christ. And so prophesies of his uh, arrival and his, uh, his ultimate uh, kingdom. So this morning, uh, as we begin in uh, verse six, we're going to look at a verse that uh, has caused a little bit of a uh, little bit of conversation uh, over the years. Uh, verse six says, "Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter." Uh, little pop quiz: Do you see uh, the part of that verse that causes uh, some problems? Uh, or has caused at least some conversation. Uh, if you said the words, O oh God, uh, you would be correct. Uh, the psalmist here begins to speak of the king, uh, as again, he's already talked about him to some extent in the previous verses, as a uh, righteous and just king. Uh, but then he does something again, verse 6, verse 7, uh, that uh, calls, um, again, some discussion and a lot of different uh, opinions. Uh, but I think the answer is uh, fairly straightforward. The question is, uh, why uh, would the psalmist uh, address a king as God? Um, if this psalm was uh, written for a earthly uh, human king, uh, why would he address him uh, as God? Uh, I, I, like many others, stick to my guns that this psalm uh, was written uh, about a human being, uh, most likely on, uh, again, their wedding day. Uh, but because of the work of the Holy Spirit, the message uh, is fulfilled uh, in uh, the coming King, uh, Jesus Christ. I think uh, when we uh, do this and we look uh, into the New Testament, we look in the book of Hebrews, and I think we can see some uh, some answer to this question. Hebrews chapter 1, uh, verse 8 says, But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee uh, with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And so what we have here uh, is the Holy Spirit um, moved the psalmist, uh, inspired the psalmist uh, to address the king, the earthly king, uh, as God. Um, and then the author of Hebrews, uh, I think, shows us that uh, while the psalmist was uh, led to write and, and to call the earthly king uh, God, the ultimate uh, fulfillment of that verse is in Israel's uh, coming king, Jesus Christ. Uh, and again, he is writing 
uh, specifically of uh, the rule uh, of a king during his, uh, that was contemporary uh, to his time, uh, but writing prophetically, uh, probably, I'm, I'm saying without even really being aware of it, writing prophetically uh, of, uh, of the ultimate king, uh, Jesus Christ. And so uh, as he uh, fulfills ultimately uh, the description here uh, in uh, these verses. Uh, he, again, verse 7 says, Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness uh, above thy fellows. And so, uh, again, certainly a earthly king could love righteousness and hate wickedness, uh, but obviously the king of kings, Jesus Christ, was the ultimate uh, fulfillment of loving righteousness and uh, and hating uh, wickedness, and he is uh, completely righteous. He was. Uh, as he walked this earth, he was perfect. He is, uh, again, uh, completely uh, righteous. And that righteousness was uh, put to the test while he uh, walked on earth. And yet the Bible says that he was tempted uh, like us, but he uh, didn't fall uh, to that temptation. He resisted uh, the temptation. We see him uh, in the wilderness uh, dealing with temptation face-to-face, one-on-one uh, with Satan. And so um, he is entitled uh, Christ is entitled to rule as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords uh, because of that, because he has uh, completed uh, the work. As he said on the cross, it is finished. He is uh, totally righteous, and so uh, he has earned the right to be uh, the king. And all thy garments smell of myrrh and aloe, and cassia out of the ivory palaces whereby they have made thee glad. Uh, king's uh, daughters were among thy honorable women. Upon thy right hand did stand uh, the queen in gold uh, of Ophir. Uh, and, and so because uh, of the, the, the complete, uh, perfect, absolute, uh, righteousness uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, he is completely righteous, completely holy, um, all those things that uh, then God has anointed him, it says, uh, with the oil of gladness above his fellows and his garment smell of myrrh. Uh, and he's saying that uh, he's uh, anointed you with oil above thy fellows, above uh, every other human being that has ever lived, uh, that uh, the, the Son uh, is above, uh, above all, that, that Jesus Christ uh, was above uh, above all uh, of those things. He, he talks again uh, here in these verses about several things that uh, he is uh, to rule the earth. Um, as again, we, we see that here um, in, uh, in these verses. And uh, we know that he is the king of kings, that he is uh, going to ultimately uh, rule the world after his uh, return. He's going to come back with his children. We're going to uh, 
Uh, we're going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ, the New Testament says, uh, because of his character, your garments. Um, he's talking about here. Uh, he's been clothed uh, with, uh, with, with robes of righteousness. And, uh, and so these spices that are mentioned here, the myrrh and the aloe and the cassia, um, again, all of those identify um, and, and I'm, I'm not, I hope this uh, all comes together for you because it takes uh, some knowledge of some New Testament, Old Testament to go along here. Uh, but those spices were all part of the office uh, of the priest, uh, and so that uh, he is uh, adorned. Uh, again, the, the, the psalmist originally been writing about a, uh, a groom uh, on his uh, wedding day. Well, we know that Christ uh, is the bridegroom, the church uh, is the bride, and so uh, again, he, he's saying that uh, the Holy Spirit ultimately uh, is pointing us toward Toward, uh, toward Jesus Christ uh, in uh, this description uh, that uh, that we have, um, and uh, the the great thing about these verses uh, that we're looking at today, and I realize I, I know that they're a little bit uh, challenging because uh, I'm the one sitting here trying to explain them to you, um, and uh, again trying to do it in ten, twelve minutes uh, makes it very difficult. Uh, but just just uh, let, let's just focus on this thought. Um, the psalmist is describing this magnificent bridegroom. Um, the, the first nine verses we have looked at, fairer than the children of men, uh, girded in glory and majesty, uh, riding prosperously in truth and meekness and righteousness. You're, you, you do amazing things. Your arrows in the heart of the enemies. Um, you're, you're God forever and ever. Uh, you love righteousness and hate wickedness. Um, he has been anointed above all of humanity. Um, he he is adorned uh, in, in beautiful robes for the wedding. Uh, the, the beauty of that uh, and um, the, the wonderful splendor uh, of those verses, uh, aside from the description of Christ, is the fact that that is our groom. Uh, as the church, we are the bride uh, of Christ, and what a wonderful uh, truth it is to be considered uh, the bride uh, of uh, of Christ, to be uh, to have Him with this description uh, as a groom, a groom uh, that would literally lay down His life uh, for the church, uh, lay down His life for His people. Uh, what a privilege we have! What an honor it is uh, to be the bride of Christ and to have uh, him uh, as uh, our groom. And life, um, life today uh, is often um, hard. Uh, it has a lot of trials and troubles, and uh, it, it seems like they never end, and uh, it's something new and different every day, uh, but um, we can focus uh, as believers uh, on our coming groom, uh, who one day uh, is going to come for his people. Uh, let me veer off real quick, not really veer off, but let me uh, add a point of explanation to you a little bit. Uh, in those days in, in the Middle East, uh, when a couple were engaged, the groom 
then would go off uh, to uh, and and be him and the bride uh, would be separated. The fiance would be separated for a while while the groom went off and prepared their house and uh, got everything ready. And when everything was ready, uh, when everything was prepared, then he would come back and get the bride and they would have their wedding and uh, go off to live in their new home. What a perfect picture. Uh, of the bridegroom and the bride of Christ. Uh, he's gone right now, the Bible says, preparing a mansion uh, for us. And when it's ready, uh, he's going to come get his children, going to come get uh, his bride. What a hope uh, we have in him. No matter the discouragement, no matter the problems you face today, uh, you keep your eyes looking towards the eastern sky uh, because one day we're going to hear, behold, uh, the bridegroom cometh uh, and we're going to be re united uh, to spend eternity uh, with him. What an encouragement. What a great word uh, this morning. I hope it helps you uh, as you serve him today. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.